Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs in sports, info, and odds. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. It must be Monday because I am joined by my esteemed colleague, Buck. What's going on, buddy? Man, you must have had a grinder of a week because I've lived 72 hours since Monday. Okay, okay. It's Wednesday now. It's Wednesday. (laughs) You said Monday. (laughs) Did I really say it was Monday? You did, you did. Man, all right. Sorry, folks. Well, let's just scrap the show. We'll be back after this. Uh, no, we're going to have to power through. Sorry, folks. If, if it's, I think it's Monday. Maybe that's why I'm not brought down by the Wednesday grind of work. So anyway, today's focus today, we're going to talk about players with the most to gain and lose in the NFL draft. And I know Sky's going to tell me that, hey, we should probably tell you to follow us across the board. Please subscribe, follow, rate, review across all our platforms. Fantasy Focus on Twitter on Instagram, across the board, on, on Facebook as well. We also have myself and Sky Gawasco, at Bobby Lamarco, at Sky Gawasco. So be sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, and across all platforms, guys. And follow, rate, review, leave a comment. We really do appreciate it. But today's focus, with one week away, we're one week away. We already got some Debo Samuel talk about potential trade for him. But today we're going to be talking about the AFC North. And the teams and the players with the most gain and lose. First off, we go in alphabetical order, Buck. So let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Give me your player that you think has the most to gain and lose from the NFL draft next Thursday. For the Ravens, I see Lamar as having the most to gain here. If you look at him last year, he had a 9% sack percentage on dropbacks. So 9% of the time, this man was finding the turf behind the line of scrimmage. They need help on the offensive line. I think they go offensive tackle. When you compare that 9%, what do you think Josh Allen was at? Uh, six and a half. 3.9%. That's not And you good. see what you get production-wise. So I think they beef up with an offensive tackle here in round one, and I think that's really going to benefit Lamar Jackson and his output. We need to see something out of Lamar after a very, very tiring and frustrating 2021. Yeah, yeah. I, I listen with Lamar Jackson to the injury last year. He missed pretty much the, like the last five weeks or so. But the thing that changed the most about this team was they could not run the football. Uh, they went full pass heavy. I talked about this before. They threw the ball two hundred more times than they did the previous two years on average. So they were dropping back, throwing, and immediately they were exposed for that poor offensive line play that you just brought up. Plus, Lamar Jackson, that's not ideal, right? When you lose J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and you bring in these older veteran backs, they couldn't run the football. They weren't the same running team. So that's why my guy, ironically, is J.K. Dobbins. Uh, You know, they did bring in Morgan Moses. So they have Morgan Moses at right tackle and Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. But when you bring it up, their interior offensive line, their depth is shot. So any type of offensive line talent that they can bring in is what they need to do. They actually finished 21st 
and PFF grades last year at the end of the season. They lost their center, Bradley Bozeman, as well. So that interior offensive line, other than Kevin Zeitler, is kind of a question mark. And even Zeitler's getting up there in age. Problem is, he's coming off an ACL tear, J.K. Dobbins. Now they're in talks with Melvin Gordon. I mean, just the writing on the wall that this team... By the way, Lamar Jackson isn't just a rookie anymore. This guy is a veteran quarterback now, and the Ravens are in win-now mode. They are not a team that's looking for the future, and they are a dark horse to become a playoff team. That being said, do they bring in a guy like Melvin Gordon? Do they sign another running back? Because what's the deal with this ACL tear, and what's the effects for J.K. Dobbins moving forward? Plus, Gus Edwards is also coming off his own major injury. So I am interested to see if the Ravens use, because they have the 14th pick, 45th, 76th, and 100th. So they have four top uh, day one, day two picks. Do they use a day two pick on a running back? It's potential. Right now today, he's going 42nd overall, RB21. Um, I'm a little concerned because they're coming off a season where they had the third fewest rushing attempts after they were first in 2020. So that's why I think J.K. Dobbins is a lot to gain or lose in the NFL draft. Yeah, I, I don't see them going for a running back here only because Dobbins with his youth and Gus Edwards, hopefully he recovers just fine. He's he's a reliable, old, crafty veteran at this point, although he's really not that old. But, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to go running back. I think I think they need to beef up that offensive line. So I think we're both on the same page, just with different results in terms of the impact there. Moving on to Cincinnati here, I got Jamar Chase as my player. And the reason I say that is, didn't they come out? like two months ago and say protect Joe at any cost. So I think they're going to try to protect, protect Joe. If you don't have Joe walking around like a, like a spider bug, just moving around, shaking around, trying to find his way to find an open man. If you give him time in that pocket with Jamar chase and the threat he poses, if he just has steady protection, watch out. You thought Jamar chase was good year one. We haven't seen it when Joe Burrow isn't running around like a chicken with his head cut off. I think they got to bolster that offensive line. I think they go with a tackle here. I mean, that team, folks, uh, they they got Collins. They brought in Ted Karras. They brought in uh, one of the guards from Alex Kappa. They have done so much on that line. They are one lineman away from having a five spot that you could just sit back, relax, and enjoy. Joe Burrow lights up. I can't freaking wait for that offense. Um, I went a little bit of a deeper route. CJ Uzama left in the offseason, and originally I was going to write Tyler Boyd, but then I started getting really wet and clammy, and sl- I, I just got real nervous about all the horrible flashbacks. Things. Flashbacks to just no, just being just the worst person for like eight weeks straight. Uh, and but it actually had to do with um, with this my actual analysis when I looked into this. Like, so when I actually looked into the actual numbers, when the numbers started rising for the past volume, yes, Boyd looked good. Uh, Higgins looked good and Chase, but a guy that started seeing a lot more targets too was CJ Uzama last year. And the guy I'm talking about is Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst comes in, CJ Uzama's gone. Hayden Hurst looks like he's a clear cut tight end one in this offense. Now, if you're just looking at Hurst versus Uzama in their careers, Hurst is the better player. Yards per route run, 1.21 for Hurst, 1.05 for Uzama. Yards per target in their careers, Hurst 7.2. Yards per target, 6.9 for Uzama. And guess what? With Burrow, it's 7.8. So his career is 6.9. It's uh, 7.8 with Burrow. So Burrow has elevated Uzama's game from a mediocre tight end to someone legit. If he could do the same type of thing to Hurst, you're looking at plus 8 yards per target. But on top of all that, it was the targets down the stretch. Weeks 1 through 8, only 2.9 targets per game for Uzama. 
If you look at the second half of this year, that jumps to five. If you look at the last five weeks, that jumps to 5.8. So 5.8 targets per game will get you over, almost over that. No, it will get you over 100 targets for the season. So if they are going to feature the tight end and you're talking, you're flirting with 100 targets at the tight end position, you could you could fall into some back-end tight end one value. But here's my final kicker. Number one is ADP's tight end 25, but it's the playoffs. Look at Uzama's box scores. The first two games before his injury, six for 64 and one, seven for 71. When the, when the chips were down in the playoffs, he targeted. Joe Burrow went to his tight end, and that's like 13 catches in two games is legit. So that's why I'm faving. I think Hayden Hurst might be an underrated player in 2022. Yeah, I think he's underrated for sure. And then the other thing, 5.8, if I'm getting 5.8 average targets per game at the tight end position, Consider me signed up and at 25 price point is right. The price is right, Bob. Yeah, let's get into uh, now. Before we jump into the Cleveland Browns, we're going to take a quick commercial break for one of our sponsors, Care Factor, and we'll be back right after this. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with CaraFactor. CaraFactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerefactor.com. Care Factor, skincare for hair. All right, Buck, get into it. Cleveland Browns, who do you got? Cleveland Browns. The fans of the Cleveland Browns are my big winner here. Look, you look up and down now with the Amari Cooper edition, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and your guy Deshaun Watson. All of a sudden, you you have some top-tier key players at all three levels of that offense. So why not? Why not make a little run? Get some belief, Cleveland. You're very good at that. We've learned that in recent years. You're starting to learn, adapt, and all of a sudden you get to Sean Watson. Now you can just beef up any position of need, maybe wide receiver later on in the draft, because I do think there's a little bit of a problem there with wide receiver two, three, but that's really, I can overlook that. You know, Deshaun wasn't exactly having the best second and third options down in Houston either. So it's not he had the one marquee guy, and I'm not calling Amari Cooper. Uh, I'm not calling him. What's his face? DeAndre Hopkins. There you go. He's not DeAndre Hopkins, but he's damn good. And I think he's going to get a chance to do a lot of great things in Cleveland. So my winner is the Browns fans because all of a sudden it looks like you might have the pieces in place. And I think it's just all about identifying biggest need and targeting that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a skill position. And I think overall, every offensive player should have a better uptick without Baker behind center. Yeah. Oh yeah. And listen, that's awesome that you, you segued me right in because uh, speaking of number two weapons, that's my guy. And I think the number two behind Amari Cooper is going to be David Njoku. 
And Njoku, in my opinion, and if you saw the graphic, that sweet thumbnail you're going to see on these YouTube clips later, uh, David Njoku spiking the ball, top five type tight end potential. And I'm going to break down why. But first, let's talk about draft picks. They have the sec. They only have a second and third round pick. Uh, one second and two thirds. So pick 44, 78, 99. So they don't have a first round pick. Um, that will factor in some of this. But it sounds like they're pretty set with Austin Hooper gone. Njoku elevates to the top of that list. Now, David Njoku, let's talk about David Njoku. Njoku, former first-round pick. When we talk about draft capital for tight ends, that's elite. Most tight ends drafted in the first round hit at some point in their careers. He's a 76 percentile athlete in all nine major categories by player profiler. Seven of those nine categories is 80th percentile and 90th in two of them. So he's an elite athlete across the board. Um, the offensive line, too, really good for the Browns, which means that they can allow Joku to just be a receiver. They don't need him to block as much. Eighth in PFF rankings on the offensive line. In the three games career without Austin Hooper, he averages 8.8 points per game, tight end 11 last season. So right there without Hooper, we've seen in the past, he's a tight end one. The one game that Hooper missed last year, he played 100% of the snaps. This guy played 100% of the snaps. This guy usually plays half the snaps. In most games, you give him 100% of the snaps, he's going to be on the field. In 2021, he was 11th in yards per route run, 5th in yards per target among qualified tight ends. So he's already showing you that when he's on the field, he's a tight end one type player. Finally, currently tight end 22, 165th overall. I mean, I'm, I can't get it up with David Njoku. Tell me why I shouldn't like him, Buck. No, you have every reason to. I think Deshaun helps open up this offense. It's good that there's a chance here for Njoku to truly tackle this pure time starter. I mean, and as far as athleticism is concerned, that's the name of the game at tight end these days. And it does. I mean, the buildup time for tight end, it, it takes time, Bob. So I'm all about the David Njoku. You said he's going 165 overall. Oh yeah. Ooh, sign me up for that, pal. I got Pittsburgh coming up here. I'm picking my guy, Patty Fryermuth, tight end second year. Listen, Pat Fryermuth, rookie year, 60, 497, 7. That's his split. I mean, for a rookie, that's about as good as it gets. 60 receptions, just about 500 yards, 7 touchdowns, and they're going to have a new QB in town here, Bob. I don't think it's old Mitchell. I think they're going to go quarterback here, and I think that benefits Pat Fryermuth. Hell, I think it's fine with Trubisky, too, to benefit the tight end position. Everybody has a safety blanket. You know, I've got my my binky upstairs, not a big deal. But quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, or even like Mitchell Trubisky, a guy that's had experience but not so much in recent years, they love the safety valve. We all got to hit it sometimes. Pat Fryermuth, I think he's on target. I, I hate to put you on the spot. What's his ADP right now? Uh... Yeah, I could pull it up for you. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. Thoughts on Flyermuth? Uh, well, I mean, the the change at quarterback or the rookie quarterback, my thing is like, I think it's it's no Juju and no Ray Ray McLeod that opens up a boatload of targets, no James Washington either. So the ancillary pieces around the main three guys are gone. So that should open up a lot more targets for Najee, Pat Flyermuth. It kind of concentrates targets a little bit. But, like, the thing with Mitch Trubisky was he really thrived with Allen Robinson, but there really wasn't that much other dominant players with a guy like Mitch. And if it's a rookie, I tend to kind of – I don't like that for skill position players. That being said, the things he did in his rookie season 
Like, we think 500 yards, seven touchdowns is not that big of a deal. For rookie tight ends, that's a huge deal. Like, huge. they don't get to those numbers. So, um, I do like Firemuth, but let me just pull up his ADP, tight ends. And he is going 11th tight end, pick 107. I'll, I'll roll the dice at 11th. I'll roll the dice on 11th there. All right. Before I get into my guy for Pittsburgh Steelers, we'll be back. We have the athletic greens, folks. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one with top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide variety of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop with a cup of water every single day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support, vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products do not intend to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. All right, let's get into the last one for me, guys. It, it's Najee Harris, and I haven't really been – I should have – Najee has been a conflicting guy because he proved me really wrong in the first half of last year, and then over the second half, if you look at his stats, he kind of came back down to earth. He finishes – he was the RB13 in points per game, around 15.7 points per game in PPR uh, from weeks 10 to 18. So, like, over that time frame, he was just outside the RB1. And he had this one monster 19 target game, but he was very good, very involved, tied for the league lead in, in targets for running backs. My thing with Najee is the offensive line uh, was PFS number 26 offensive line. They brought in Mason Cole, who's been kind of like a career backup, uh, you know, interior offensive line. Went to my high was, school. Really? Very yeah. nice. Uh, played with the Vikings last year, Arizona for a couple of years. And then James Daniel, solid guard from the Bears. So they are starting to say, all right, well, I guess we didn't develop all this young talent so on the line. So it's good to see that they're investing some veteran depth there. And James Daniel, of course, is an upgrade. But where I this I went down this path, and all of a sudden I started realizing Mr. Trubisky might not be such a bad thing for him. And I it all starts with Tariq Cohen. Uh, there was two seasons, 2018 and 19. He averaged 97 and a half targets per season in those two years. That's uh, pretty good for for a uh, running back. Now, keep in mind, outside of Allen Robinson, they had guys like Taylor Gabriel. Uh, you know, they didn't have a Chase Claypool and Pat Firemuth type. So I I do say that I don't know if that's a real realistic number, but the twenty he targeted three Cohen on twenty eight percent of his routes. Like so, just to put that in perspective, uh, Cooper Cup last year was right above thirty. Devontae Adams thirty percent. Then it's like AJ Brown twenty eight. So like. Targeted percentage on routes, he was targeting the running back constantly. So that gave me a little more of, hmm, if Najee could, that could make Najee kind of a buy at the RB5 right now, 06 overall. Granted, I'm still higher on Joe Mixon. Uh, you know, if nothing happens with the Denver Broncos, I love Javante. But at the same time, because of this news, if Trubisky is the starter and not a rookie, I might be more inclined because I feel more confident now knowing that Trubisky does have a tendency to check down to his running backs. 
I think it's impressive with Najee Harris, not only his involvement in the receiving game, but also 381 touches last year. Meanwhile, you got Debo making a mess, talking about, I'm getting banged up. He had 139 touches. 139 for Debo compared to 381 for a guy like Najee Harris. Sign me up for a guy, an absolute dog like Najee Harris with his skill set. And I think you nailed it with the Tariq Cohen. I, you know, it's funny how players just slip your mind. I haven't thought about Tariq Cohen in many months, many moons. Yeah, there's a lot. You know what? It's when you're doing all this stuff, you, you earn earth some stuff. There's some bad memories, too. You know, you get back there. You know, I, I had the Tyler Boyd flashback just a couple teams ago. I'm bringing up Tariq Cohen. We're bringing up some some skeletons on this podcast, folks. But that's, that's it. That's, a, that's what we're here for. We want to remind you of the good and the bad times, folks. Well, that's all we have for today, folks. That is the AFC North players with the most to gain or lose from the NFL draft. Make sure to leave a comment on which guys that you think have a lot to gain or lose from the NFL draft next Thursday. Once again, I'm your host, Bobby LaMarco. That's Buck. All our podcasts are brought to you by Bet Online AG and a part of the Believe Podcast Network. This was the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. Thanks again for joining, guys. We're out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.